that's where it was hard for me at the beginning to understand what balance meant because I thought that I could create a system or a structure or routine that would work perfectly and every day would be perfect. And I neglected the idea that every single day balance was a process. It was a learning. It was a ever-changing roll of waves that always disrupts your idea of being in control. Welcome back everyone to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, a space designed to help redefine what it means to be a man in the modern era. Our hope with this podcast is to support men on their journey towards becoming the best possible version of themselves by providing insight, support, perspective, but most importantly, a safe space to live authentically with a community of conscious kings. Every week we will take a deep dive into topics such as toxic masculinity, men's mental health, personal relationships, conscious leadership, and powerful guest appearances. Men, we see you, we hear you, and we are standing tall beside you every single day in the arena of misunderstood masculinity. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Modern Mask Unity Podcast. I'm your co-host, CK. And I'm your boy, Anwar Ahmed, aka A-squared. And today we're going to have a powerful conversation talking about balance. What are you balancing? Are you struggling to balance? What are you juggling right now? Why are you juggling it? And maybe we can help you reframe that a bit and talk maybe about a concept of harmony. But before we do that, you know what time it is. Hey, yo, Coach Kyle. How you doing, man? How's your mood today? What's going on? What's going on in Calgary? You guys are living a different life. What's going on in Calgary, man? Give the people an update. Honestly, honestly, listen, we have pretty much dropped all restrictions at this point. When this episode comes out, we'll probably be even less restrictions. I think we're about to do the uh, the no mask vibe, which I think is coming Monday. No so- masks. Are you listening, people? Are you listening to this? <laughs> this guy said, we're not even wearing masks anymore. Lord have mercy. Wow. In- it's insane. It is insane. It's crazy. There was one of the biggest lineups and gatherings outside of the two busiest clubs uh, or like just restaurant style like clubs last night. And it was overwhelming to watch the videos because it was just crowds of people standing outside of these two places. And they both have uh, their own little spaces, but they're right next to each other. So there's massive lineups for both. And it's just honestly, it was just the wildest thing. So it's a little bit overwhelming. If I'm being honest with you, it's a little bit like, whoa, I don't know if I'm, if I'm ready for mm. that. Cause I don't, I don't party or partake in a lot of partying myself as, as well. So there's not a pull. So seeing it makes me be like, whoa, like we're there. How did we, what do we, I'm at a coffee shop and there's like no people and they got their masks on. And that's what happened today. It was the craziest visual. So part of me is like, yay people are getting the chance to feel like they can live again. So there's a level of vibrancy to them, which I think Mm -hmm. is beautiful, but it is crazy to see them in those hordes of people. And it's also Stampede. This will probably come out once Stampede's over, but um, Stampede is about to come. So the tents are up and everyone will be hoarding into the Stampede tents, filling the tents just as the club would be. So that's already on the way. That's coming up on Friday, Thursday, actually for sneak peek. So 
just knowing that's coming. I think I just waited for a stampede in my mind to, mm-hmm. for that to happen. So um, for those that don't know, Calgary Stampede is like the biggest celebration that the city of Calgary holds. And it has every single year. And from my understanding, it's pretty world renowned. I think everybody that I ever speak to knows about it. World renowned country renowned. Well, people fly in from everywhere. Like we have some of the, the randomest tourists come through because of that. Um, the States is definitely known. So we have a ton of people come through from the States. Um, so I think it has that kind of traction where it's being, it, you can hear about it at some point somewhere else pretty loudly um, because of the name that it holds. So it's really just like a big cowboy party, but I do know that the States, a lot of people fly in for it. So Wherever it's there's cowboys, crazy. wherever there's cowboys, they know about the Calgary Stampede. Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. Um, but my mood, my mood is honestly, my mood. How's my mood? Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of things going on in my space right now still, and so I think for me, my mood is uh, acknowledging the consistent death of self that's happening as I arrive in Calgary. My ego is slowly shedding more and more and the pieces of what I, who I thought I was are shedding more and more and giving opportunity for me to rebirth into something new. And it's just a, it's a daily thing. It's happening every single day. And so I noticed that I'll get to like eight or 9 PM and I'm just exhausted. Like I'm ready to pass out. I wake up, I'm still tired. Uh, There's just a lot of energy, physical and emotional and psychological being spent and here right now, and there's a lot of new things in my space. So we're learning how to understand and acknowledge that all of it is okay. And that none of it is, should be fearful. And uh, it's not breaking me down. It's breaking me free mm-hmm. and helping me rid some of the chains that I may have had shackling me. And so it's been a beautiful process, but naturally it's quite exhausting. So I'm a little exhausted to be quite honest with you. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my mood. What about, you know, I got a question for you kind of, you know, involving what you're talking about there. You know, I find like, you know, how does it feel to have a part of your ego die or have a part of someone who you created die off? And what I mean by that is like, what type of feelings come up for you when you're going through that process? And is it easier? Like, I remember when I was traveling, shedding a lot of like, you know, who I was and what I created was a lot easier because the social construct that I was involved in didn't know me. Like I wasn't involved. I wasn't around anybody that knew me. You know what I mean? So it was like when that re that, that rebirth is happening, that person that I'm, I'm leaning into, whoever met me at that time, they couldn't tell the difference between what I was and who I was ascending to. So it was a very easy transition. I asked this question to maybe offer some value and support to people that might be listening. If you're, if parts of you are dying, you're evolving, you're, you know, you're trying to reborn these new characters of yourself, but you're in the same environments in which you were those old people, how do you manage? How do you mitigate? How do you get through those processes? And do you think that there would be more of a challenge there? It perceives there would be, but do you think that that is harder, easier? How do you go through those emotions? How do you go through those feelings? Uh, well, there's a lot there, but I think for me, you touch it well. And it's the idea, like I'm back home, right? Where I am now is my home city. And I had left it going to Toronto for two and a half years. And that transition allowed me to kind of be whoever I wanted to be. It allowed me to recreate. And like you said, just not be stuck in that social space. Like it basically it's Toronto was for me, your Australia. And yeah. in that opportunity, it was like, oh, cool. I get to necessarily, I can rebrand myself completely. Mm-hmm. And 
what ended up happening was my arrival back into the city, I recognized that some people were seeing me in that light. And I didn't realize that that was going to happen. I figured they would always see me the way I was, was before. Right. Um, and so it's funny moving back into this space, you fear the fact that people will see the, the way you used to be. Mm-hmm. They'll, you fear that they won't see the new you because it's not like obvious. Like I didn't change my physical appearance necessarily or like, you know, turn into an alien, right? Like I didn't do any of those things. I changed the inner work and coming back here, I had a fear of judgment of being perceived in that light. Mm-hmm. And yet it's been like two and a half years, three years. So it was definitely the fear of judgment shows up and it's, it says, uh, no one will see you in the light you are. And so therefore you aren't worthy of that change because no, these people won't be able to recognize it. So it plays a bit of a game with you for sure. And it is, it is tough to navigate those feelings sometimes because you're walking down the street, a street you always walk down and you know, you'll see people and you're like, what are they going to think of me? Are they going to still see the old me? Are they going to look at me like they used to look at me? Are they going to feel the same way? Like what, what's going to happen? I don't know, but you obviously play the story of they will see you the other way. You don't believe sometimes that they'll see you in the new light. Cause I think for me sometimes too, I struggle to be like, what change did I make? Like how different am I? So the fear of judgment is definitely very prevalent. Um, and as far as like the initial question goes of what does uh, the, the death of self or the death of that identity feel like? Um, I don't think it really necessarily feels like anything unless it's acknowledged. So I can, if I didn't have the language to give to this space, I think that um, I could move on and continue to go and just be like, I'm tired and just let that be like, I could just be like, yeah, I'm tired. Like, I don't know why I'm just tired. Um, but because I've recognized how much growth I've gone through in this specific space, I recognize that that is why I'm tired and I've found the actual reason. So I think for me, if anything, um, it's exhaustion. It's definitely exhaustion because you're working through so much stories and energy spaces that it just ends up taking it out of you. It ends up becoming something you are constantly focusing on Mm -hmm. and it has to run its course has to run its course and a lot of times the unfortunate part is that with identity um, comes a bit of shame Um, and the shame comes from people or the fear of people not seeing you or seeing the parts of you you may not want them to see and so maybe I didn't want someone to see that I have parts of me that were my old self I'm not Mm -hmm. sure but that has an element of of exhaustion to it as well I don't think it necessarily feels painful. I think that it can feel incredibly overwhelming because you don't know how to process sometimes. And I notice too, uh, in the moment, like I'm having to push through resistance. Like I've never pushed through resistance before. Uh, even just having a conversation with my partner. It's like, I notice the old me wanting to be here now and show up and, and basically sh- not show up, shut down and go hide and stop this conversation. And I'm like, whoa, my whole body is feeling this. How do I move through that right now without deflecting this conversation? Acknowledge, um, investigate, and try to shift into a new energy. And that process each time is a death of old self. It's an unlearning of who I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does. It takes energy. It takes a lot of energy, and that's why I believe so wholeheartedly that it's a lot of times it's less about um, um, kind of like trying to manage your day, and it's a lot of times just trying to manage your energy. And mm-hmm. understanding what that means, because um, energy is such a huge component. So, 
Nice. Yeah. I think that there's so much value there. And I wanted you to kind of, you know, extend a little bit more on that kind of topic and that ideology, because I know there's so many people, if we think about life, right, that life, we're constantly shedding these versions of ourselves, right? But sometimes our willingness to want to shed that version of ourselves is there, but our environment isn't allowing it to happen. Our environment is, is holding us into this ideology that you created. You know what I mean? I'll give you a simple example. If you were somebody who was that, that person who partied hard and like you went for it and like, that was who your identity was. So like when people got to the party, you were the guy who they expected, or you were the girl who you expected to like, you know, go for it, do all the shots and like, whatever, then you're starting to slowly like maybe get off that wheel. You don't want to be that person anymore. But every time you show up to a party, the assumption is that you're going to be the one who's setting the tone. It's really hard to shed that person if your environment is not allowing you to shed it. It's like, you know, that constant. And then what happens is you need to build a inner strength that allows you to combat the social structure, to combat the social pressure. And you have to believe in the person you're becoming more than the person that you were. And that isn't easy. And a lot of people don't talk about that. A lot of people don't coach on that. They, they don't, they, they maybe not, it's not as easy as just flipping a switch sometimes when you are, you know, in those social contracts, because they're so strong, that social pressure sometimes is so strong. And it's especially strong when it's people you already like love and respect and have considered family and you consider friends. It's easy when, you know, it's easy to not care about an opinion from somebody who's third party, who's trying to like, you know, hold you to something that you're not. It's easy for me to be like, no, I don't do that. But when, you know, you've created an identity within a friend group or, you know, a family structure, um, it's harder to shake. And so I found that it's very easy. It was easier for me when I traveled. It was easier for you when you got out of that environment um, and you got to kind of change and stuff like that. So, you know, what I would, you know, encourage people to do is just recognize where you're at. If you are in an environment where you can go to, you know, a traveling experience or you can move cities or do university somewhere else, then those are great opportunities for you to like start to shed a lot of those characteristics that you might not be holding on to. Great opportunity. If you're, un if you can't leave those social structures, just understand that anytime you try to take a step forward, there will be people who are still holding you to your old identity. You need a better, you need a better inside character to like fight through that and meet that resistance. Um, and so if whatever space you're in, either of those spaces, just know that, you know, who you want to be is still very valuable. It's still very like, you know, worth achieving and worth going after just recognize the different challenges that meet you when you're like forced with different environments, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and, yeah. And, and, and it, you know, everyone says at some point you should move, leave your home city. And I yeah. think that that for me, I never took hold of that. I never thought that because there's so much discomfort there. Right. So what they're basically saying is we want you to go be incredibly uncomfortable. Like go put yourself in, I'll call it the metaphorical fire, go do that. And for me, I was like, no way. And it was so much to the point where I remember starting to affirm my belief that I wasn't going to leave the city by starting to look at the city in a more beautiful way, hmm. more beautiful than I had before. And I was like, oh, look at how great this city is. And that was my belief of I'm never going to move, reaffirming itself and finding the things in my environment that would prove that true. And when I made the move, it obviously was the best decision for me. But the challenge, the hardest challenge, I think, out of all of this, including the idea of shedding identities is uh, we all just really want to fit in, right? We shared a beautiful video on our Instagram the other day. We're just fitting in. That's the biggest desire, right? And if you think on a primitive level, that was still our desire. 
We never wanted to go against the tribe. That's not something we wanted to do. So we still face that same ideology now, just in a different context where the community, the people around us is society. It's an entire city. And it's much bigger than our little horde of, you know, three or four families that are surviving with each other. So making a change basically says, I'm going against what the tribe does. And I'm going to choose to lead myself through this. So it becomes a very conscious self-led decision, which is not often agreed upon with anybody else in the circle. And what you said beautifully is you take a step forward, but there is a literally a chain that someone's tied to you that says, come back. Like, don't change. Don't go that direction because we're having fun. We're enjoying our time. Like, aren't you enjoying your time? And they pull you back. And that's the tribe saying, hold on a second. Don't do that. And I think what is beautiful about my journey is acknowledging that that's happened, but now being able to reflect and be like, interesting. I think that's actually a push. It's no longer a pull. So if someone says, come back here, that's actually telling me I'm making the right decision for me. And I push myself even farther. Mm -hmm. I push myself harder. I push myself stronger because it's reaffirming myself and my own identity that I want to create, not the identity that everybody else has created for me. Mm -hmm. But going against the tribe is always hard. Um, It is so hard. You know, that whole time that you were talking there, all I could picture was, you know, those, those, those people who trained with those parachutes on that to me is like the visual of like shedding an old personality of yours Mm -hmm. in an, in in an environment that is not allowing you to, that resistance, like, you're like, I'm running really fast. I should be moving really fast. But that parachute is the environment. It is holding you. And you need to keep turning your legs over. You got to really keep pulling because it's a battle of, do you go back to where the parachute's pulling you? Or do you get to fight for what you want? And I like that metaphor because it is a fight to fight for where you want to be, to what you want to, like, you know, the rebirth that you want. It's uh, you against, you know. And ultimately, what you'll notice is you do that long enough, the parachute just, they, they give up on trying to hold you to that and they let go of the parachute. And then the, the freedom you feel, because when you're running with a parachute, if you've ever been running with a parachute dragon behind you and that thing gets unclipped, whoo, you are flying because you've earned, you've earned everything to be on, like to feel that light. That's the whole point of it is to fight through that resistance so it feels lighter, you know? Um, and so I love that. And if you can just, if you can just picture yourself, you know, when you're in those spaces, you're, this is your parachute moment. You're attached to a parachute. You got to fight. You got to, you got to really turn your legs over. You got to really run, you know what I mean? To get out of those old, because think about it. A lot of these ideologies that we've, we, how long have we had them for too, right? We're acting right. as if we've ever acted as if we just picked that up and just, you know, I'm this today. No, no, no. no. We're talking about 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, depending on your age, maybe the majority of your life, you've been acting that one way. And so to think you could just shed it overnight um, is not realistic. But what is realistic is that you can, you know, have that that death of self. And I think that that death of self concept is very, very powerful. Uh, and in the right environments can really help you change your life in the right direction. Um, 100%. It's very much a phoenix rising. For sure. For sure. That's what I love about these conversations is, you know, just when we talk, there's just so many openings to kind of get into deeper topics. And so um, I'm happy we had that moment, but my mood coming back full circle. Yes, sir. Um, I think 
I'm kind of having a little bit of that rebirth um, situation in my life right now, you know, because I, I just came back to Toronto from Winnipeg, you know, it's every time I go back and forth, it's like who I was and who I am, who I was and who I am. It's like this, you know, it's this yin and yang of being able to see myself in different chapters. Right. And so I've lived in Toronto now since 2018. Uh, I've gone back to Winnipeg probably two or three times in that time. And what I've noticed now is that I only, when I go back to Winnipeg, I'm not worried about who I was there and all those kind of things that I think that that, that happened when I came back from traveling, like all that work that I did got embraced. Like you said, you know, you said you were where you weren't going to be seen. Same thing happened to me. I got seen for my growth and who I was. And um, it was awesome. I think now every time I go back to Winnipeg and I come back to Toronto, it's this pull of like, how much did I grow in that time that I was in Toronto? Like, what did I do to move the needle in my life? You know, because it's always you chose to move there. So what did you what are you getting out of that experience? Like every time you come back, it's like, are you staying? You know, and it's like, I'm not done yet, you know, and you go back. So it's always a measuring stick for me of like, how much have I grown in it within that Toronto chapter? Like the last time I was here, do I feel any better in some of my spaces? Do I feel worse? Is it time to come back to Toronto, Winnipeg? Like, do I want to be around that family and that support structure? Or do I still feel like I have unfinished business? Um, and so for me, coming back to Toronto this time, it's, I just feel like I'm just inspired. I just feel like I still have so much to give to the city. I still feel like I have so much to learn. I think the pandemic actually like, you know, stole a year back from learning about the city, but gave me a year back about learning about myself. So, you know, there's kind of that, there's that, that duality. Um, but in terms of, you know, to specifically address how I'm feeling, I am feeling like I'm dedicated. Um, I'm feeling like I've been teetering dedication and commitment to some of the spaces that I've, I've entered in because they've all been kind of happening at once. And I think I've just like coming back, it's almost like we're only wasting time by not being committed and dedicated. It only prolongs your answer, you know, whether it's an answer to move on to something new or an answer to continue to get better at the thing that you've, you've committed to. The, the lack of commitment or the lack of dedication to it only prolongs your ability to find out the right answer for you, you know? And so for me, it's like coming back this time, I want to be able to go back to Winnipeg next time I go back there and have a, have answers. And that's only going to come from dedication and commitment to my craft and to my spaces, you know? So that when I go back there, I'm like, I gave it my damn all. I really committed to these things. And here is my findings. You know what I mean? Um, and based on my findings, I want to do X, Y, Z next. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think that the pandemic kind of made us all a little bit confused and got us all a little bit, you know, um, all over the place on our commitment levels with what we were doing. Like if you were in a job, you're like, do I like this job? If you were in a relationship, you're like, do I like this relationship? Like, and gave us all a little bit of that query about the things that we were doing. Um, and I think that, I'm reinstilling that, you know, getting back to like, let's go back to the commitment level we had before all the queries and all of the, um, you know, the question marks came up. So uh, I'm feeling very determined and, and, and a lot of it, we'll talk about a, a great topic today about balance and harmony and stuff like that. And so, you know, for me, it's like, I'm feeling dedicated and committed to like finding that balance within these spaces, you know, and giving my all to these spaces. Uh, and what does that look like? And then hopefully having, um, some with some tangible results um, from my efforts. So that's kind of where I'm feeling like right now um, and what I'm excited about coming back. Mm.
I love that. I think that we have a similar experience in the context of moving cities. Do you find, because I, I think I kind of felt this, do you find that when you move cities away from your home city and then you go back, do you feel like there's almost an expectation that you should be different, that you should have learned something so you should come back different? Uh, I'm not, uh, ooh, I like the word that I'm not, I don't like expectation, but I do think that the word comparison is definitely always there. Like it's always a comparison, right? Like it's for me, every time I go back, it's always like, Hey, just to let you know, you left X, Y, and Z and blah, 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 blah. And like, there's like all this, like this list over here. And I got to always find enough bullet points on this side to like balance out the list that you just gave me. You know what I mean? It's like, if I'm on the phone with my mom and she's talking about Vancouver, she's like, you know, well, your family lives here and this lives here. And I'm like, I need to now to now combat all of those some bullet points for Toronto. You know what I mean? To justify why I've chosen that city over that city. Mm. To Winnipeg, it's like, well, the cost of living is this and this is this and this is this. And I got to feel like I got to bring up all my other reasons for why I think that Toronto is. And the reality is, is that like all these cities have great things. So you're making me fight an uphill battle regardless. Like I love Vancouver for certain things. I love Toronto for certain things. I love Winnipeg for certain things. So it's almost like they, they're they making you compare against yourself, like as if you are trying to talk one down and put one up. And I'm like, no, you know, and so the way I kind of choose to, you know, answer it um, is um, more based on just chapters of my life. Like I always answer questions in chapters of my life. I always say that right now, Toronto feels like the right city for me. That's how I like to choose to answer questions like that, because, you know, I'm like right now, I'm. 20 or I'm 30, I'm entering this stage of my life, I'm this and that, where maybe, you know, if I was in a, you know, committed relationship, and we were trying to like, you know, build some different other things, I might choose a different city to kind of manifest some of those goals and stuff like that. So I always try to answer it from like time and space and where I'm at in my life and things like that. But yeah, I definitely think there's always comparison. Um, and what was the word you chose? Um, expectation. Uh, expectation. I would say there is a minor expectation that you have done by choosing something different that you must be you must be gaining something different than i'm able to get in this city so i do think that there is a little hint of that i just don't i don't i don't associate as much with like people that aren't in my close circle when i go back and i know that those people don't have expectations of me they just want me to be happy you know mm -hmm. so maybe the general public would have if i were like you know a pandemic was open and i was just at a restaurant and i saw a colleague that i went to school with at one time he would maybe or she may have an expectation that like i chose a different life so i should be xy better you know what i mean or xy whatever um, but my close family and friends they don't carry those expectations on me they just want me to be happy so um, mm. i don't directly beautiful. feel it from them specifically beautiful love that love that. yeah i think it's just an interesting component of it is i do i feel like i feel it maybe it's a story um, that I, I've told myself of that you go to this new experience and you go to this new city and you automatically have to come back a different person because then what did you even go there for and why did you right. even bother leaving and you know what was the point of it all like you made such a big deal about it by leaving and uprooting and it's like why bother doing that and I feel like sometimes there's this displaced energy that says um, you need to come back different and you do but I think sometimes it's those little small like minute things that you don't recognize that have actually changed do you think it needs to be something bigger like you know i went to toronto and now i'm successful or like now i've landed all these big jobs or i have you know all of this stuff um so i think that there's an interesting story that may play out there but i know for me sometimes i feel it and i think coming back here i also feel it because um i've taken a personal step back in a lot of different things and a lot of different areas so i think that sometimes i place that pressure on myself yeah uh, so it's uh um just fascinating part of the process but i was just curious if it was part of your process too yeah, I think I, you know what I'm starting to learn more and more and more about nowadays too, is that like, 
the word expectation, if there was a percentage of the times that I used that word, 80% of the time it's coming from myself. And 20% of the time, it's like an actual expectation someone has of me. Like all the, a lot of the times when I'm in these expectation conversations, the opposite energy or whoever I'm speaking to, whether it's my boss or my mom or whatever, they're like, who, who said that? You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, and I'm ripping on like a bunch of stuff. Like I'm supposed to be this, I'm supposed to be this. You got, and it's like, it's coming from maybe the pressure that I feel from those, 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 uh, those bodies. But when you talk to them, they're like, I don't. I don't know where you came up with that. Like, I just, I just want you to like reach what you said you were going to like, it's almost like as if like, you know, in a weird way, um, by someone like, like encouraging you to get after what you want. Like when I give you advice, right. I give you advice. I like whatever, blah, 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 blah. I actually don't, it's not binding. I'm just trying to give you advice, but you take it as like an expectation. You're like, Anwar said, this and this and this and this and this to better my life. And so now when I'm in those spaces, I'm carrying Anwar's like advice so heavily that it's like, it feels like an expectation. Like it feels like something I'm supposed to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But the reality of it is that just like Anwar just gave you that advice, whether you took it or not is so, he just wants you to be happy. He was just trying to help you move the needle in your life in some capacity. It wasn't an expectation. It was just words to help you move and find the energy to kind of progress you know, but we embody it as expectation, you know, same way a parent wants you to get an education. It, like, they're just like, you know, they're like, hey, you should get an education or you should, you know, educate. That advice has come from a place of like, I just want you to progress in life. I want you to take natural progressions. But then if you're all of a sudden sitting in a university class, like, my parents told me to be here. Blah, 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 blah. It's like you took advice and you made an expectation out of it. You know what I mean? But the advice really was ultimately just move needle forward. Like, like, I just want to help you help yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's just a funny little switch there of like, and I'm, and I'm realizing that for myself now is that like, you know, I am putting a lot of expectations on myself from people that I love, but they actually don't have that expectation of me because they're worried about their own life. Like right. they're focused on their own life. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they're really trying to like, you know, move the needle in their life and stuff like that. And I think that advice and expectations could be separated sometimes. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and something that came up for me as like a, a beautiful way of expressing it is that um, we project our expectations and that projection comes and stems from our insecurities. So whatever we're struggling with with ourselves is the the curated expectation of some we think someone wants this from us when they really don't. Um, and that is because we want it from ourselves and we're just not doing it or we don't feel right about it or it doesn't feel aligned, but we're not willing to make a decision out of it. Um, and so the fear kicks in and then we say, no, they want this. So that way we don't have to own it. Mm-hmm. We don't have to own that part of ourselves, right? It's very much make sure I'm this beautiful light person and that I'm never not bad or I'm never bad and uh, I'm not uh, guilty or shameful or whatever. Like I'm always this beautiful t- beautiful traits and all of the shadow stuff is not me so we block it all out so then we but inside it's like hold on a second like you are all of these things but Mm -hmm. the more you deny me the more you're going to project what i am onto other people without you even seeing it Uh, and i think that's what sometimes expectations end up happening is just a projection of whatever you feel insecure about with yourself which may feel like a personal attack but for me it's very much a opportunity to take radical responsibility for my life if I'm projecting something onto someone and it's an expectation of something and I blame it on them, if I can become aware of that, then I have the opportunity to become responsible for it and say, I'm going to do what I want to do now because I see that whether that was a reality or not, 
I still have choice. I still have the opportunity to make a different decision and which almost falls back in line with the tribe conversation we've already had today. But it is just very much the, the awareness piece of saying, oh, I'm insecure about this. I don't love this part of me. And that's okay. Mm. I can I can choose something different. My friends, let's talk about mental health and the sponsor of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Tether, a peer-enabled mental health and well-being platform for men. Tether helps men find meaning and purpose through community, accountability pods, and a 24-7 support network. Tether invites us all to be a part of changing the face of masculinity and letting every man know that struggling and vulnerability doesn't make you any less of a man. It simply makes you human. And for me, I've had a lot of personal experience with this app. I've used it many times. I've shared a lot of vulnerable moments. I've shared some strength moments, some exciting moments. The app is open for everyone to simply just share. And like it said in the introduction, a peer-enabled space where we're supporting each other without any pressure to fix, just simply to honor each other's journey. They also just added in a conscious content section where they're sharing podcasts, they're sharing blog posts. It is a really powerful space. So we really want to implore you and encourage you to download it from the app and Google store. It is Tether, T-E-T-H-R, available on both app stores. Join the community. I promise you will not regret it. Uh, All right. So today we're talking about balance. Balance the tipping of the scales and the difference between balance and harmony. And in prepping for this, I saw balance in my head as one of those literally like two sided scales. Yeah. yeah. It was like old school ones that are, that are measuring the gold uh, Mm -hmm. of like the weight of gold. That's Mm -hmm. how I started to perceive the idea of balance is that Mm -hmm. you're just trying to make sure it doesn't fall to one side because then it all just comes crashing down and vice versa on the other. So usually for me, when you are balancing something, you're trying to give it um, very much like a 50-50 effort, right? Give 50 here, give 50 here, and we're good. That equals 100, right? And as a man, I think this is also an interesting conversation because uh, more profoundly, I think that there is more pressure on women to find balance. And I think that there's only pressure on men to find balance when it becomes too much. It's rarely before that. It's like the idea of the fire. We're leading into the fire. We're waiting for the fire to be too big. And then we say, whoa, okay, maybe we should deal with the fire, but it's only like a short-term, like hose it out and then wait for the next fire. Um, Unpackage that a little bit for me because I'm not following you all the way. I I hear what you're saying. Why do you think women, um, why do you think women are seek balance more and then men seek it after? Just unpackage that a little bit more. Yeah, um, because I think, uh, from my research and from what is had what resonated with me is that there's really only one major role for a man traditionally, and that is to financially provide for the family. So it's to go to work and then come home, go to work, come home, provide financially and come home. That's the traditional model. Traditionally, men don't have any more necessarily responsibilities on top of that. Yes, right. they're supposed to be a father and a husband. They're not juggling. They're not juggling as much. Yeah, they're not juggling the other components because they're not expected to. If you talk about relationships, men don't talk about that. Women talk about that. And so there, it seems like women are juggling that more than men are. When you talk about the upbringing, well, the traditional model says women do the upbringing and the nurturing and the caregiving. So 
the traditional model says they balance that, not us. So as men, I understand sometimes that the idea of balance can come across as like work less. And to a man, it's like, well, that doesn't make sense because I'm not supposed to work less. I'm supposed to work more to get more to provide more. Right. Yeah, what, what do I fill that time with anyways? If I did work less, like what am I, what else am I supposed to do other than this thing? Exactly. Right. So that's right. where I think where the, the research came through very clearly and profoundly for me is like, oh, interesting. Like we're, we're this not being or traditional. You're speaking to traditional. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. The traditional model. So yeah. So right now in, in our current model, it is shifting and it's changing, but I think traditionally the, the social conditioning says men don't have much to balance there. If anything, there is a um, work-life balance, which is everyone. Everyone's trying to do the work-life balance, right? Um, and I, for those that can't see, I'm putting this in quotes because this is such a, for me, a, um, a dead conversation. Uh, I think that it's okay. been talked about for so long that I just don't think there's much pull to it anymore. This idea of work-life because, um, yes, that's technically what we're doing. I think it's just a phrasing the concept, the phrasing of it is, is what I consider to be dead. Um, not necessarily like don't balance your work life. Um, yeah. But I think just the phrasing of it is like, there's so many other things in that. And I think trying to figure out like work life balance sometimes feels like it's more pressure. Sometimes I feel like it adds another element of like, oh, okay, well, I got to take care of that now too. Um, it's another thing on the to-do list. So traditionally, I feel like, again, the idea for a man is that there's not much to balance and there's much more to balance for women. That's what the traditional model says. Now for me, balance is a conversation that is preceding the entrance into anything that we want to do. So I want to have a family and a job and a personal life and a hobby. And I want to have all of those things. And I think what it's becoming now is I'm preparing, people are preparing for that. They're trying to find a way to balance that before it shows up, which I think is beautiful. And one beautiful component of it too is men are starting to find more balance, right? Men are understanding that there's more things to life than just work. So they're balancing how to be a beautiful husband and take care of the relationship, be part of the relationship, actually be involved um, to do other things, their hobbies and whatnot. Like there's a lot of movements towards that, which is so amazing in the current model. And what ends up happening is that it, it invites everyone else in the system, in the, the family unit to also partake and involve themselves in life. Um, and I think that one of the challenges is that the way that balance used to work was that women didn't feel invited to pursue something because men were only the ones that were doing that. So there was a, not a balance where the men was taking the family for a bit, right? It was saying, I'll take the family here. You can go do this and I'll support you on that. That's not what the traditional model says. So that's why I think this is such an, a fascinating conversation. Um, Cause there's a lot to it. I think there's a lot more to it that I didn't really recognize until today. So you, you started that conversation by saying like you originally saw it as like the scale 50, 50, that's what you saw balance as. What is it? What is it now? What it is? So it sounded like that's not how you see it now. I think that the 50, 50 idea is um, it sounds for me in my eyes, it sounds like you're giving 50 to something and 50 to something else. You're not giving a hundred to anything. So for me, the idea of like, the, and that's not to say that's happening when someone says I'm balancing life well. I think that though the idea of um, giving something only 50 and giving other things only 50 um, is a concept that I don't subscribe to. 
And so that's why this conversation here today is very much finding the harmony with it all rather than the balance of it all. And this is obviously going to stem into the big conversation today, but uh, harmony for me is um, a symphony. Harmony is a musical piece. It is the creation of the fluidity and the flow of each individual note, which can be compared to each individual component of life and flowing through that space to create a beautiful song. And in that space, there is notes that are all different and are aligned differently and up and down. Um, there are low notes, there are high notes, there are spaces in between the notes. There is longer gaps to emphasize that we're about to transition into another space or a new piece of this, this beautiful, beautiful art piece. And so finding the harmony between my day is what I seek now rather than necessarily focusing on how do I balance all of these things? It's okay. I have priorities, but I need to prioritize in the sense of first note, second note, third note in order to make this song sound beautiful. And in order to make this symphonic creation last and be profound and be powerful. And that's where for me, the harmony is so much more powerful because it doesn't feel like I'm giving 50 to anything. It feels like this is my priority now. I'm going to focus on this. This gets 100. Um, but I also recognize too that there's other areas of my life. There's not just this one because there's not just one note in the song, right? There's multiple notes in the song and every one single one has to be hit in order, like hard. It has to be punched. It has to be focused on. If you lightly hit the, the button on the trumpet and you don't push the arrow fully, the song is no longer fully present. You lose that part of that song. So it's about punching, punching through that specific note in that specific moment, um, which means sometimes you have to wait for the other notes to be hit. Can't hit the whole note or the whole song in one day, right? It is about the fluidity in the journey. And it, I noticed that for me, the idea of balance is so incredibly future focused. It's like, I'm so tunnel vision on what is coming and I'm so not anywhere near where I am now because I'm not trying to create a song um, in, in this moment. I'm trying to figure out how do I balance for tomorrow? How do I balance for to next week? How do I create this balance, this 50-50 idea? Um, and it didn't resonate with me. It felt like it was adding a pressure to me where it's like, if I'm in my day today, how do I find the harmony in what I'm doing? Maybe I spend five to 10 minutes of reading here and that's okay. And then something else shows up that I need to address and that's okay. Allow the harmony and the flow of whatever is happening in that moment to progress rather than being like, constrict my whole day struck like give me a box to fit in and just put me in it that's how i felt balance was to me nice i i am obsessed with the transition of the word balance to harmony i love that like i love that language i mean i know me and you have talked about it a lot um, before in the past because harmony does um it gets anyone who is like myself, my personality type is very like routine oriented. Like if you would have caught me a couple of years ago and you said, Hey, Anwar, you have to do these routines. I would essentially cut out anything that doesn't fit in that routine and then start like living a very not fulfilling life because it's like, you told me to do this, 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 my brain likes that. My brain likes this, 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 this. And then, you know, it's like, I like following that routine. I like following that regimen, but what harmony forces your, your body to do is go, but then what about that one time when you feel like this, but your schedule said this, then now what, you know? And so for me, hearing a word like that is powerful and it's, it's empowering because I'm like, oh, 
but like the note wants to go up. Like I want to do this and my schedule says do this, right? And where is the flexibility within your schedule? Schedules can do such a great job of giving you order and structure. 100%. But when you do it too hard, then you lose flavor. You know, you lose flavor of life. You lose um, the thing that we can't tangibly quantify that we like about life, that social setting, that, that hobby that you used to do, the, all those little nuances, you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. what I like about the word harmony is it, 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 it interjects a, a thought process and a perspective for me that's like, hey, but you want to go play basketball right now. Like, that's what you want to do. You just watch March Madness. Your schedule says do this, but you know what I mean? Like, you want to go play, you want to go shoot hoops for a little bit, go do that thing. Um, so I love that. With that being said, in your overall kind of trajectory of balance, you can say you can you can say you agree with me or not. My overall feeling of balance is a little bit different to yours, and I think from how I heard it. Um, and I'm interested to have this kind of back and forth because I thought we would land on different sides of the equation. For me, balance is like because what I've noticed with myself is like when did balance become a relevant topic for me? Right. Mm. Because I didn't need balance when I was a kid. <laughs> I needed zero. I knew what I was doing. I was going to school and I was playing basketball. I, there was no work. I didn't, there was no existence of balance. Like I wasn't juggling things. It was like it, everything was so simple. Like it was like it got simple. And then at some point in my life, it just like a lot of, I was trying to tackle a lot of things. And I was like, whoa, now right. this word matters to me. Like now this word is like something I'm actually trying to achieve and seek. And for me, it happened really early. Like, when I was, you know, I've shared this story multiple, multiple times, but I moved out when I was like 18, like fresh 18, 17, just turned 18. I wasn't even 18 for that long, like three months, four months, I was 18. And my family was moving back to a different city. I wanted to stay in the city. So that transition had to happen. And so first problem, first thing I'm trying to figure out is living on my own, right? At, at 18 years old. So like we're talking about your mom doing everything for you to like mom's gone, dad's gone. There's nobody around anymore. Um, and I know how to make eggs and cereal at that point. You know what I mean? Like, so you're figuring out life. One. <laughs> Two, I have to figure out like the financial structure of life too. I got to pay for things. So what do you need to pay for things? You need jobs. So now I was always working at that time, but I didn't have the burden of like, you need to have this much money in your bank account. It was like you had money and you could spend on whatever you wanted. Um, So essentially, let me just lay it all out. So I I got to a point where it was like, I was trying to navigate living on my own. I was trying to navigate um, working two jobs at the time. Um, Training to play university basketball, because that was the next step. I wanted to go to university. That's why I was staying. The social life that I already had prior to all those other things leaving me, like, you know what I mean? Balancing that and those friendships. So then it was like, holy, I actually felt like, you know, you're working two jobs. I was going, I was training at five in the morning. I'd train for five in the morning until seven, seven thirty. I'd go home. I'd get on a bus. I'm doing public transit. I get to my work, my day job at like nine thirty, ten. I do my day job till like, 4 30 then i clock into my night job at five i work until 10 and then i come home right and then now the weekends you're using it for social so like your schedules now feels like it's filled filled out but then it's like there's sometimes where you're so much more tired than other times sometimes you have the energy to do it and i'm like oh i haven't seen my friends like then that was the first time in my life i was like i haven't seen my friends in two weeks or three weeks because my schedule took over like you know what i mean and now you're mm-hmm. like your friends are texting you like what's wrong with you and you're like oh i need more balance in my life like i haven't seen people and it became a thing right mm-hmm. but what i realized is that as i got older that cycle never stopped <laughs> like it was almost like I got injected into the the world of trying to seek out balance and then never game never ended like it was like mm. just new new responsibilities new friend groups I'm navigating new so what I realized is like 
is balance something that is even achievable? Like, or is it something you're just constantly fighting for? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Is it, it's, it's not a, it's not a destination as much as it is a journey word. Like it's something to be, to have in your mind of like, remember everything that you're doing, try to find the balance in it, try to find that harmony in it, but there is no end goal. There is no savasana. Like when you're in yoga and you're just laying there, there is no shavasana to balance. It's, there's, it's more like, so I think the way the 50, 50 looks to me is like people who are trying to seek balance and they're in their mind, they're picturing shavasana as a yoga term for when in the beginning, before yoga starts, when you're just laying there, it's the most peaceful, it's the most peaceful yoga pose. You're just laying there. You're basically waiting for the class to start. You're just breathing. It's a very, very, like, there's nothing going on. You're not doing anything. The best. Yeah. It's you're chilling. Right. And I think that some people's perception of balance is that, you know, is like this super, everything going on, you're very, you're very like, ah, right, which almost feels effortless, right? Like, it's almost like you're associating balance with effortlessness, mm. where for me, I actually think balance is more like wakeboarding, right? Where you're like behind a boat, you're trying to follow these waves, you're balanced because you're on the board. You haven't fallen in the water, but it's active work to maintain that balance. Like you're, you need to continue to, if you stop focusing for one second, you could go left or right. You can go in the water. Cause I think the waves are a better representation of life. It doesn't stop like, and it will come this way, this way, this way. And the effort is how do you make sure that you are, you understand that your feet are on the board, that you're like, you're balancing, like you need to, like the, even the term finding balance to me, act, it sounds like an active exercise, finding balance, not balance. It's finding balance, find the rhythm, find the waves, find the, the ability to know that like things are rocking, but you're in there and you're like, you're balancing it versus trying to think of it as like Shavasana. You know what I mean? Like it's just still, and it's like, it's right. done. It's over. Like it's, you found it. Cause if you think of balance that way, then that's where the negative spiral of trying to find that peace you struggle with because there it doesn't end. There is no ending of this. You know what I mean? You're going to miss an event. You're going to miss a this. You're going to, you can't get it all. And so finding it is like, is something that I think that like, if you can in your mind start to see it as more of an active exercise and something you're mm. just trying to achieve and not get to, then it, it almost to me resonates better because then it, it doesn't stop me from taking on more or doing more things that I like because I know it's an active exercise. So if you gave me a great act, if you gave me a great opportunity right now, considering all the things that I'm trying to balance, right? I got all these things that I got going on right now, right? I'm already doing this. Then you come into my life. Awesome, man. Great opportunity. This really cool thing. Well, if I'm like trying to chase Shavasana, why would I want to, why do I want to disrupt the peace? Right. Like I'm already good. Like I just maybe found whatever the Shavasana is for me. Why would I want to disrupt the peace? Even though you came up to me with a great opportunity. But if I believe that I'm going to take on this opportunity, I'm going to find the wave in it. I'm going to find the balance because I know it's an active thing. Then I might see the opportunity for what it actually is. It's something that could enlighten my life, make me better, maybe change something in my life, maybe do something for me in a positive way, you know? And so I love the idea of like getting rid of this idea that balance is this thing that is like an end destination. It's this peaceful, like whatever. And it's more of an active exercise. And, you know, cause otherwise, why would I ever, why would I ever want kids then? Mm. Like if your perception of balance is peace and like, you know, finding that, like whatever, why would you want to add a, a human being into your life? That's kind of like, 
but if you but if you're someone who's like i know that things are going to get crazy my job is to find out find the calm in the chaos then you take on more things you take on responsibilities you continue to you know live life in my opinion right you continue mm. to do things because you're not worried about your you see balance as a thing of like okay i'm new at this job i'm not going to find have balance in the first little bit because i'm learning like it's not it's not here yet but it's something i'm going to aim for Right now that I'm in this job, how can every day I get better at this job to find that balance and find the balance within that? It doesn't stop me from doing those things. So it doesn't stop me from taking that new job or trying that new coaching program that that person gave me or, you know, the new workup or having a child or having a relationship because my relationship with balance is, is that it's this thing that sometimes it's like really good and sometimes it's not. And it doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm always working towards one or the other. I'm always like, I'm just assessing where I'm at. Oh, right now I'm not in balance because I'm taking on a bunch of new things but I'm trying to find that balance, you know? Um, mm. That's kind of how it always resonate or didn't always resonate with me, but how, since I was 18 until now, how my thought process of it, you know, has evolved. And, you know, I've, I've, I've endured and enjoyed the idea of chasing um, balance as more of a journey and less of a destination. I thought it was a destination before. And mm. it was, it was, it was, it, it held a lot of weight on me because it was like, man, this stuff doesn't end. Like, this is like, where, when do you, when is it peaceful? Like, when is it yeah. like, what, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, cause you're doing so much to try to find that balance. And sometimes people with very, very, I guess, like um, less responsibilities in life, they find that balance, the, the balance or the peace because they understand their schedule very, very well. And then they're not willing to want to engage in anything new because they're worried about rocking the boat. Uh, I think that there's, man, that was such a beautiful story. I think that there's a lot to take from that because I think what first and foremost it speaks to is that some of these ideologies that we hold, like they're okay to transition. They're okay to develop, right? It doesn't need to mean the same thing as it meant 10 years ago or five years ago, or even an hour ago. It doesn't need to mean the same if it no longer resonates with you. And um, the transition that you went through is so powerful because I think that it, I think that there, there was, I definitely aligned with the idea of the peace and like the, the, the destination of balance. And I think that there is a moment that we're all, and especially as men, we're very mission focused, right? We're very directive. We're very get the mission done, accomplish the mission. And that can sometimes leave us, leave us in a pretty uh, disdained state because we thought that balance was a destination. So we just keep fighting it. And then we think we find a piece of it. We think we find a piece of it. And we're like, oh, see, I told you I could get balance. But then it's gone just as fast as it came. And uh, what you, I think, speak beautifully to is that life, is, uh, life operates on a cyclic, very cyclical nature, right? So you address one part of your life, right? Let's say your job. You landed the dream job. We're good, right? So then you're like, okay, we're good in that department. I don't need to focus on that anymore. I already got it. We're good. Then you do relationship, right? And then you do kids and then you do finances and then you go all the way around. And inevitably, there's only so many components of life until you come back and you're like, I hate my job. And you're like, wait a second, I landed this great job. Why is it all of a sudden now I don't like my job? It's because the cyclical nature of life took your focus away from that and got you focusing on other things. So then you came back and you started to question the job. Because the job may or may not have fit in the appropriate slots after you went to the cyclical nature. So the harmony for me is like knowing that life will operate that way. But a beautiful way to describe this is the actual example you gave where you're balancing on the, what you call the wakeboard? 
wakeboard yeah anything that involves yeah yeah snowboard yeah. even maybe yeah right so when you're trying to balance on something right like a, let's say a wakeboard or a bouncing beam or whatever you're trying to navigate what's going to keep you balanced right so mm -hmm. you you try one thing and that one thing kind of works or doesn't work and you have to figure out how that that looks right i i move this way and i'm and i'm good okay got it. oh but wait a second i might go too far out that way got it so then i need to come back here and try this movement and then what ends up happening is you forget about the first movement because now you're so focused on the other one so then you try to come back to it and over time you start to gain what we'll call experience in each of those tiny movements but you had to come back to them over and over again to navigate how to balance on that wakeboard and i wish people were watching this so they could see us like do all of these fluid movements <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. we literally look like we're on wakeboards um but you have to keep you you basically come back every time from experience right the movement itself the aspect of the board doesn't change the board is the exact same that's like the life's cycle the life's circle they're all of the components are the same but every single time you come back from experience so finding the balance necessarily like there isn't there isn't one because the, the 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 circle is moving the wakeboard is moving and at any point you could fall off if if you forgot that component right? If you neglected that one for too long, if you just completely said, no, that's not important and just put it in the closet and said, no, I'll deal with that in five years. But that's not how the cyclical nature of life works. It's going to come back. Mm -hmm. The challenge is, you know, like it, it, it takes the understanding that each component will be a focus, but in this very moment, it might not be the one that I'm supposed to focus on right now, but mm -hmm. it will be, it will be. Um, and it's finding the harmony of what needs to focus now. And that's kind of like, for me, like that, that, that note, you know, like this note needs the attention. Now you need to hit that note. And then when you hit that note, you go back and, or sorry, forward and you hit the next note. Mm -hmm. And then five notes later, it's the same note that you hit over here. But now you're like, right. I remember this note, boom, punch it even harder, like hit it harder, make it louder, you know? And that's how I think that it's beautiful. But what I don't want to take away is I think that sometimes harmony can sound like this effervescent beautiful eloquent. beautiful eloquent like perfect life where you don't have structure and everything just is so great like i i don't want it to sound that way because i do believe um that self-discipline is self-love that self-discipline is self-care so mm -hmm. if having the routine is part of the harmony but what you spoke beautifully is what happens when something interrupts the routine what happens when something gets in the way and I think a beautiful way to, to, for me to wrap my head around or wrap my mind around it was when I learned that this very simple statement is that nature is not in control. Nature is out of control. Mother nature. And so what makes us think we have control? If nature doesn't have control, it grows here and it grows there and it's over there and it's in the rocks and it's whatever, it's all over the place. Nature really is organized chaos, right? literally the forests are organized chaos that's all they are and they're a beautiful representation of that because they just do what they do they just grow wherever it happens to be um, but they fluidity they, they find the harmony and maybe i need to grow taller to get to the sunlight and i think that's how we operate too is that um life is going to happen life is inevitable so the balance idea of achieving it doesn't make sense it does it, because life's going to come in and wash all of that away with one big wave. And you're going to be like, damn it. I got to go find balance again, mm -hmm. which 
it is much more empowering for me, which is why I like the word change harmony because harmony sounds empowering. Balance for me became a little disempowering because it was such like a big thing and a big focus and everyone was talking about how to do it and everything. Everybody was struggling with it and everybody sucked at it and no one could figure it out. Um, and when I introduced the idea of harmony into my life, it said, oh, okay, let me find the fluidity in this day. Let me find the fluidity in everything that's going on. Um, and that could mean wake up and have your morning routine and do that structure and then get to work and start the work. But then if an important part of my life comes through, that's okay. I got to go handle that because that's the harmony that requires attention right now. That's the harmony. And if that doesn't come and my day works out exactly as I want it to go, perfect. that's great too. Mm-hmm. That just means that was the harmony of the day. Those were the notes I needed to hit today. Let me, let me add, let me add to that, that conversation. Cause whew, you, I mean, you went, you, you did a lot. I wanted to cut you off in the middle of it so, uh, to, <laughs> to kind of add to the metaphor, you know, my metaphoric mind and always trying to, you know, paint pictures that people can wrap their head around. You know, you were talking about, you know, the person on the board and le- leaning too far this way and then it, it being all components of the board. Um, I'll wrap up that metaphor and then I'll trampoline into the next topic. But I think, the wakeboarding metaphor, the reason why I resonate so deeply with it, and you did a great job of adding to it and adding another layer is if the board is, you know, what you put value on in your life and you put the, like, you know, whether it's your career, you know, and if you want to picture a wakeboard picture, you know, the front of the board as your career, the back of the board as your relationships, and then left and right can be, you know, your health and maybe, you know, impact and influence, you know, those are the things that matter to me, right? And you're on the board. Managing the board means sometimes you got to lean forward, you got to lean backwards, you got to lean left or right. So if those are all the components that make you the person that you are, if you lean one way too far, you're out of balance, you're going into the water, right? So, but the cool part about this wakeboard metaphor is that sometimes life tells you, like, you don't necessarily know where, you just know that, oh, we're going this way. So you lean on the other side, right? Like you just, you're going to tip one way. So your body naturally goes the other way and life did that to you. You didn't make up that decision. Life said, Hey, it was a wave. It was a wave. And you adjusted to the wave by leveraging the other components of your life. And if the board makes up who you are and the, the, if you're looking at this board, number one, define your board, figure Mm. out what things belong on your board first and foremost. Cause once you just define that these are the things that make me, you know, who I am, then if relationship is to the right, and it's failing because clearly we're tipping the other way and you lean into the relationships. Well, that relationship is someone, something that's going to make you better. Anyways, it's going to make you better at better at life. Like, you know, when you lean forward or lean backwards, like these are all components that make you better. So it's not like making that lean changes who you are. That lean helps you get better at balancing the board. And as you said, as you continue to go around, you know, as you continue to go around those core values and the who, who makes you are, you just get better at standing taller. You just get better at, you know, finding that groove, finding that like life where you get to a point where you're like, I feel like these waves can't do nothing to me. Like, I feel, right. like, I feel, I feel like I'm in, cause I've managed this board so well. Like, I feel like I'm really taking on big waves and I'm going, I'm going through them so smoothly. I think the biggest part of life, the actual real challenge is defining that board. You know what I mean? I think balance mm-hmm. comes after defining the board, figure out what matters to you, figure out what you're juggling, like figure out what are the components that you're actually saying you want balance within. If if there are things that don't serve you, you're, you're going to find that you're going to find that you're in that chaos. You're going to find you're out of way out of whack because you haven't actually sat down and said, I value X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. Balance comes after defining those things. Once you've defined the things that you care about, you're like, I want to juggle these things. And you're like, I'm committed to this board. 
then we're in the balancing act now. Like now, okay, let's figure out the balance within these things that you care about. You know what I mean? And sometimes that comes with compromise and sacrifice. A lot of times it comes with compromise and sacrifice. Um, so define the board, then find that balance and find that harmony. Sometimes you're going to go into the water and you're going to fail. You're going to get back up. You know, that's the, the, the evolution of life, like success and failure, success and failure. You're going to fail. You're going to get back up, like whatever. Don't think that just because you went into the water that like it's over. No, get back on the board, baby. Get back on the board, get back on those waves, you know, because every time you greet, you're greeted with a wave or adversity, you learn from the last time you learn how, what to lean on. You know, if that kind of adversity comes at you, should you lean on your career? Should you lean on your relationships to know which way on the board to lean when those different types of waves comes at you super valuable for you to learn you know um and uh so yeah i wanted to extend that metaphor and i might actually write that metaphor out in a, a, a way that actually because i think that there's a lot there i think 100 i think there's a lot there and i do this often if i feel like there's a life metaphor that comes at me and it's coming at me with way too much um uh, it resonates a lot with me. I write them down. I have like maybe like a four or five life metaphors that I wrote down. Mm. Maybe I'll do something with them in the future, but this one's really landing. Um, cause I think it's just so true because at the end of the day, we're not in control. And that's what I love about it is that the waves are in control, right? Like it doesn't matter how damn good you are. Every surfer has gone down. Like every, right. be the best in the world. It does not matter. Cause at the end of the day, we're, we're submissive to mother nature. We're submissive to the thing. Like right. we're just humans. We're just humans in this. You're, you can never be good at everything. Like look at what the pandemic did. The pandemic is a wave. It said, sit down. I'm in control. You're not right. in control. Right. And we, all we do is adapt. All we do is change our, our positioning on the board. That's all we can do in life. And so I really, really like that metaphor. I really, really think that um, it carries a lot of weight. Shifting gears and getting off of that topic. Um, Remember that thought. I need to extend more on it because there's so much coming up for me right now. Two oh, yeah. things. One, hey, for it. identifying that you are not the board. Right. You are the person on the board, I think is such a huge component. I saw this video yesterday where this guy said, what's the most profound thing that you've ever heard that changed your life? And he said, I went to therapy and the lady, the therapist said, you seem really well adverse in life. You seem well versed. You th like you got things handled. Why are you here? And he said, I'm a good husband. I'm a good father. I'm a good employee. I'm a good friend. And I want to be great in all of those things. And I feel like if I could be great at all those things by myself, I would have been there. So that's why I'm here. And her response was, um, uh, an employee is a role for the job. Uh, a father is the role for the, the, the children. A husband is the role for the, for the marriage, the wife. But who are you for yourself? Who are you outside of those roles? And that's where I, I re resonate with this wakeboard idea is that all of the, the pieces on the board are often just your roles. They're not necessarily you. So who are you on the board? What does that stature look like? Who are you on the board? Um, that's what I really feel is like one of the most powerful, like almost stepping stones, because what ends up happening is you have to be a person even to be willing to get on the board. You have to be willing to step on the board in the first place and be willing to balance and to figure out the harmony with it all. And that I think is beautiful to add wakeboarding often involves holding on to a, a grip at the back of the boat to support you as you begin to venture on to, to harmonizing all this stuff. And sometimes you need that support longer than you thought necessary, but it is necessary to start. And then you find your balance and your footing, and then you let go of the rope. 
and then you're on your own and you can f- ride the waves as long as you, as you want. And you get to decide, okay, you know what? I want a break now because I've done such a good job for so long. I'm just going to fall into the water and that's beautiful because it's a very conscious decision, right? But you've decided that. Uh, and then the last part of it all is that it's all flowing on water, which means the entire time, it's just this fluid motion. It's this, this constant like up and down wave. It is the water is so fluid in life. And I think that's where I really believe is the harmony is like the harmony is almost below. It's like, it's just this constant flow. Um, those are the last pieces I took. Nice. I love that. Yeah. I think that sometimes when I, sometimes when I speak and things kind of just like, like I'm a visual thinker, right? So like, I'm sometimes like where I'll see words and I'll see the activity in the words and I'll see kind of like, you know, and they just kind of come. Um, and I think that there's a lot here. Like I actually do think that there's a lot from that and, you know, that visual in that, you know, um, so yeah, definitely. I think we'll, yeah. after this, I'll probably sit down and just write, maybe write a little bit about it to kind of like put this into context, but definitely a lot to take from that. And we could, that could be a whole episode. We could talk about yeah. just that, you know, um, we didn't the adversity, what the waves mean, what does the water mean? What does the board mean? What do you mean? Like, you know, what does the boat represent? You know, like just right. taking apart that metaphorically and just like <laughs> putting context to life. I think that there's so many things there, the courage to get on the boat. That was crazy because that is the reality to juggle things means you need to have some level of courage. Like, like, like you need to want responsibility. You need to want to accept accountability. You know what I mean? Like people think that like falling into the water is something you have to be on a board to fall on water. Like if you're on the shore, nothing happens. Oh, exactly. Nothing happens on the shore. Like you have to be like, I'm willing to, I'm willing to get on this board. I'm willing to fail. And that's the willingness, the courage you need in life to fail. You know what I mean? And be okay with it. Um, but the harmony part that we're talking about here, I just don't want people from my opinion, you can redefine it. For me, how I would love people to kind of hear the harmony is the fact that it's like the perfect example of like when you go do yoga. Dude, there is some people in these yoga classes that are making these poses look way too sexy, like way too easy. Like, and you're like, no way you cannot shake in that pose. Like, and they're just like, leg is over here. Arm is over here. We're all in the same class. I haven't, I literally haven't, I haven't taken a breath for three minutes because I'm in like, <laughs> you've twisted my body in such a configuration that I've never felt before. But the way we perceive harmony is that beautiful, eloquent individual in the yoga class, like as if they didn't go through like the, the uncomfortable part of right. getting there. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why I don't think harmony is a, a good desire off jump because mm. Balance is ugly at first. Like when I first started playing basketball, it was like your footing is just like you don't look cool doing it. Like you were like, oh, left foot, right foot, uh, like right foot, left foot. You're really stiff. You're rigid, but you're learning. That's the learning process, right? Harmony to me is this idea that, you know, once you've committed to the learning, once you've committed to the balance, you know, if we want to go even back to that metaphor of the of the of the wakeboarding when you're first figuring it all out, you're thinking a lot. You don't really, you're not really in harmony. You're like thinking a lot. You're like, <laughs> then you're like, you're wakeboarding, you're laughing, you can enjoy the waves. You're, you're in that music. That's when I'm in like that seeking for harmony stage. You know, I think there's a hard mental block. If you're seeking harmony, when you're not that good at something like, because it's just not the right thing to achieve at that moment. Like, when I'm in that yoga pose and I feel very discomfort, I feel very uncomfortable. I feel very like, and I know what 
the beautiful part of this looks like to for me to try to fight to get to harmony in that moment is it's like not really I don't feel that it like resonates you know but what it what does resonate to me is finding peace within that discomfort you know what I mean finding fine and knowing that it looks doesn't look pretty right now and that's fine like you know it doesn't look pretty right now um and harmony is something that uh, is a byproduct of effort like to 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 find that harmony in my opinion is the byproduct of putting in such so much effort into what you do that like you now found the harmony in it it's like to me harmony harmony is if instead of balance being the end destination to me harmony feels like more of an end destination for me like when i'm moving beautifully within all my spaces i'm like whoo i worked for this i earned this you know what i mean but balance is the journey for me. Balance is like mm. the, is the ugliness and the beautifulness and like the, you know, where sometimes it looks great and sometimes it looks horrible. And like, it's just like the, the, mm. the, 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 the balance to me is like where it's sometimes I look great. I'm standing tall. I look right. good. Sometimes I'm wiping out. I look ugly. Like, you know, balance to me is the journey and harmony is like that beautiful, like I got there and I earned to be here because I did mm. all the work to get here. Like I deserve this harmonious like musical piece that i've you know what i mean um because i think that for me harmony is something that is a byproduct of you know effort and hard work and it shouldn't be achieved in the beginning of something it shouldn't be seeked out at the beginning of something because then you're you're almost like using the wrong expectation to get somewhere you know you try that's something fair like that wasn't harm. That wasn't beautiful. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you've never done this before. <laughs> it's right. not going to be beautiful. Like, um, right. so that, and I, yeah, that's a little differentiation for me. A hundred percent. I think that, uh, what comes up for me too, is just to support that, that narrative is that, uh, the harmony of the day never for me means that it's going to be a perfect day or that it's going to be always beautiful. And I think that, um, it definitely can come across that way. I think harmony integrates balance. I think that it's an integration of it's an it's an expression of and it is uh, a space where you allow yourself to know that it's okay for the waves to come and for the waves to hit and that waves to sometimes knock you off your board. And an example would be like if you had a disagreement with your partner, right, that harmony of your day involves including that struggle, including that conversation and that not doesn't feel good. And there's resistance there and you're not agreeing and it's not super connected, but that's the harmony of the day. Cause thinking balance wise, it would be like, I'm not addressing that because it's not a part of what I'm balancing today. And the harmony says, no, that's, that's the next note you need to hit. That's the note. It's not, you can't skip that note. Uh, you can't skip those pieces. And that's what I think um, is beautiful about this conversation is this is also helping me unpackage the clearer definition of harmony. And so that's why I always appreciate the fact that you challenge the narrative because harmony definitely does involve the drops and the falls and the slips and the mistakes and the perceived failures, because that's the next note. The next note is the failure. Um, and it's beautiful too, because in order to create a symphony, you have to learn how to play the instrument. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how to play the instrument, then the symphony can't necessarily be created because you don't know how to hit the note. So it is about knowing that I hit four notes in a row and then the fifth one I didn't and it was terrible and I missed the button on the trumpet, which means in order to find the, the, the harmony of it all, I may need to go back and, and hit all of those notes again and hit that fifth note again with experience though, knowing I'm going to hit all these other four perfectly. And then you may need to learn another instrument or have supporting instruments come in and help with the harmony of all of it. 
Um, there's so many aspects of it, but none of it means that you just start playing the instrument and the song comes out beautifully. Uh, Cause that's mm -hmm. not how, and that's not how anything is learned. Um, and that's doesn't harmony. Yeah. It can definitely sound like you're deflecting or acting as if there's no um, struggle in life. And that is definitely not the case. I think that the harmony involves the struggle. I think mm -hmm. struggle is part of the harmony. Perfect. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you there in terms of like, you know, I think it's important sometimes we already have pre, we have definitions of words, right? So when we, we, those words enter our space, like harmony, we have an already preconceived definition of harmony, right? So if your definition of harmony in your mind is perfection and perfectness and whatever, then it would cause a little bit of a juxtaposition to the, how you're using it in this example. So I 100%. love that you kind of unpackage that and you, you explain that in your definition, harmony is imperfection <laughs> and the way you've kind of described it, right? But that caveat, right. you know, really adds to the conversation. Um, to wrap things up, I wanted to, you know, turn it back to you and just, I think that we live in a, in a, in a world where if we just understood why more, we would be better off, you know? Why do you do this thing? Or why do you care about this? Or, you know, why is purpose and, and, and passion important to you? Why, 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 why? And I think that, you know, to kind of wrap up this conversation, I wanted to ask you specifically, you know, like, why do you think balance is important to you? And um, to add to that, too, if there was a main takeaway from this conversation or from, you know, this topic in the last couple of you know, years or, you know, just this thing in general, if there's a takeaway that you have. Add that as well. So, you know, why do you think this balance is important to you? And, you know, what was your biggest takeaway from this conversation today? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think balance for me um, is a daily process. You know, and I think that that's where it was hard for me at the beginning to understand what balance meant because I thought that I could create a system or a structure or routine that would work perfectly and every day would be perfect. And I neglected the idea that every single day balance was a process. It was a learning. It was a ever-changing roll of waves that always disrupts your idea of being in control. And I always craved control i still sometimes do i even when you know our friends and i are going places like i'll drive like i'm driving because there's this element of like i need to be in control sometimes um and that comes from fear and i think that that's where too it's like i felt fearful if i didn't have things balanced then i wouldn't be succeeding that i wouldn't be worthy and so balance became such a high priority because i needed to act as if i had things figured out and uh, over time, I just realized that that was exhausting me and that I didn't and that that's okay. That was a hard reality for me to, to turn into. And it still is because I still feel the, we'll call it the, the social pressure, the societal conditioning, the parental pressure of having things figured out so that they can potentially be appeased of the pressure too, of, th of worrying about me because I wouldn't want that either. So make it seem like you're good and then you got balance and you're, you know, you got harmony and, uh, through this process, this conversation, I realized that um, uh, it's important to acknowledge the harmony that, or the component of harmony that is not what we consider to be beautiful. It is part of the, the challenge, but for me, harmony is so necessary and integrating the balance within the harmony. It's also necessary because otherwise I would be just a pool of water on the floor it, where and I wouldn't be flowing in any direction. I would just be water sitting and the direction, the riverbank is where I begin to find the harmony, where I begin to 
allow myself to flow, but understand I'm structured. I'm on a mission. I'm on, there's a purpose here. There's something bigger than myself. Then I think that's so powerful. And so there's not a necessarily a far reached line that I need to hit. And then I'm good. Um, I think it's very much just about each and every single day. If I don't try to allow the harmony of the day to progress, then I'm basically saying, you know, universe, you're not in control. I am. Um, and all the things you want to happen in this day are not going to happen because I'm going to close my box and say no to anything that comes to my space. This, this conversation, sorry, no, doesn't match my idea of, of what I believe to be balance in my day. You have this opportunity show up. Sorry. Like you said, no, it's not for me. Um, I'm closed right now. My box is closed and the universe is saying, no, here's more. Here's something that could change your life. Here's all of this. And I'm saying, no, 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 that doesn't match my idea of balance. That doesn't say that's harmony. So no, um, and the universe doesn't operate that way. And our life actually doesn't operate that way. We just like to think it does. So the harmony of life allows me each and every single day to embrace what's coming. And if it's not something that's beautiful or perfect, or I perceive to be a forward trajectory, then that's okay. And that's, that, that's how my day is meant to unfold. And I'll do my best to, to provide structure for myself and focus and mission and purpose. but. If I, like I said, block and close myself off and I don't remain open, then I'm limited to what I have now rather than open to what could be, open to what is being offered to me. And that's what I believe for me, the balance and the harmony comes in is I'll balance my, my gym and my relationship and my work. And I'll do my best to have all of those be focuses each and every single day. Um, but at the same time, anything could show up on my plate today that I could acknowledge and it could completely change my life. I don't know. But if I only think I have four priorities today, and that's the only things that I'm going to allow my mind to focus on, um, like I said, that I'm limiting my opportunity. I'm limiting my life. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I'm not, I'm not powerful enough to get more. I have what I have now, and that's, that's enough. Which even just saying out loud, that's enough, is like, wait a second, what? <laughs> uh, that's enough? Yeah, it, sure it is. But just saying that says, oh, I, that, I don't need more. Stop giving me things. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, come on. Like this is the idea of a future conversation we'll have. This is abundance. So I think harmony really allows the abundance to flow. Yeah, you wrapped that up nicely. Ooh, came in there with a came in there with a <laughs> nice little. Are you saving that? I just came out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll flip the question though because I think too, right? We have a bit of a we. Well, we're different people. We live different lives, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yet we have similar perspectives. And you shared your journey on balance. Uh, wrap up your kind of golden nugget for the conversation and maybe uh, how balance has served you. Yeah, man, I think for me, balance is super, super important because it's, um, to me, balance is a direct understanding of um, the work for me. You know, like there's a direct correlation to me between balance and journey. You know, like like if 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 journey is the assignment, balance is my grade. Mm. You know, like every time I hand in an assignment, it's being graded on like, well, how much balance did you have in it? You know what I mean? Because if I do really, really well in something, but everything else is out of whack, I might have done great in this assignment, but I'm overall not doing very well. Right. So letter grades for certain things to me don't matter. Like if I'm doing really well in my career, but my relationships are all over the place and everything else is all like the, you know, the debits and credits are like, you know, I'm, you know, Matthew Mahakane has a great, you know, seven minute rip on YouTube. You should go check it out uh, for the, all the listeners. And he talks about how he balances his life. He might be talking about success in this video, but he talks about these, 
he basically just goes into these different spaces that he's in relationship, father, all these things. And he just checks in to see, am I in the credits or am I in the debits with where I'm at with this, this area of my life? And mm-hmm. when he, when he, he might be killing it in movies and, you know, his career and failing in his relationships or in the reds. And then his clock goes, I got to get back and get the, de- the, get the money back up in my relationship, you know? And for me, that's what balance does for me is it's this constant check in on the letter grades I'm performing in all these different areas. And without mm-hmm. balance, without balance as a goal to achieve it, it's my Northern light. It's the thing that I'm like actually comparing everything to. It's like, if I'm jacked and I'm ripped and I'm exactly what I want to be physically, but I have no career, I have no relationships. And in my mind, I'm still not winning. Like in my mind, I'm not doing well because I'm not balanced, you know? So it's really the ultimate letter grade for me. Like it's the thing that I, 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 I can't give the most value to. Um, and it's the thing that, and I like it cause it's, I know I'm never going to really achieve it. So it's always just going to be an ebbing flowing, you know what I mean? Um, and it's also a skill set. I also, I also believe it to be a skill set balance. You know, um, I think that not only is it a, like a letter grade to me, it's a skill set. It's like learning how to find balance within things is is a skill. You know, mm. uh, it it takes a lot of uh, intention to to seek for that feeling, to to want that feeling, to desire that feeling. Um, and when you perceive it as a skill, I think all skills you can get better at. Right. And when it sits on a continuum like that, it doesn't jade me from trying new things because it just means I got to get better at this. My balance level right now is good for these amount of responsibilities. Right. If I want more responsibilities, I got to get better than I am now with balance. I got to go from like a three out of 10 to seven out of 10 because I want more experiences. I want more responsibilities. And when I see balance as like a, a skill set that you can improve at and continue to get better at, then it doesn't deter me from taking more things on that I, I care about because I'm like, okay, I just got to get, I just got to tap into more balance, right? Learn right. more about balance and figure it out. And, um, and so it's a letter grade and it's a, and it's a skill set. And I think it's important to me because it's actually what guides me. It's the thing mm. that I'm using to guide me the most. Um, it is the journey. Um, and that's how I measure. That's how I kind of measure my, my growth as an individual too, is how much more balance that I insert into what I was already doing, you know? Mm. Um, Love that. That's kind of within the conversation. I think that there was a lot to be learned. Uh, I think that there was a lot to be learned from this conversation because um, it's, it's always changing in small increments, your perception of things that you already know. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that naturally as humans, we, we understand the concept of balance because we all know what it feels like to be out of balance and it does not feel good. You know what I mean? But the idea that balance is peace or balance is perfection. Um, I think that this conversation really like, you know, solidified that how I, my evolution of understanding balance was, you know, natural and was, you know, I'm in the right place with it. You know, uh, I'm not seeing balance as those peace. I'm not seeing as a peace anymore. I'm not seeing it as perfection anymore. And those things were hurting me, you know, seeing balance as perfection and seeing balance as peace was harder to obtain. It was harder to get to, you know, seeing it as a destination. Um, talking to you today, I am way more aligned with the idea of seeing balance as um, a journey and as something that is imperfect and is, is ever flowing. You know, it's like, you're always, um, it's active work. It's not it's not something that you get to um, it's, 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 you have to continue to f- get better at being balanced. Um, 
and as the waves get bigger, um, your skill set needs to get bigger, you know, um, but balance is achievable. So that was kind of my, my biggest takeaway from the conversation, but I just really liked the, the, the overall back and forth. And um, I really enjoyed this conversation because um, as more responsibilities enter my life, it's something that I, it, it gets more and more challenging. It's hard. Uh, and I want to make sure I preface with the idea that it's not easy. This is not easy. Balance is hard. It's hard to find. Um, it's hard to achieve, but um, you can only do your best in it uh, and, and move at your own pace and define it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just to work off that to finish the episode, it's asking your, yourself, what are you juggling right now? Because I think that a lot of us feel overwhelmed by all of the things we think we're juggling, but what are we really juggling right now? Uh, why are you juggling that right now? What is making you feel like you have to juggle this? And what makes you feel like this is a necessary thing in your life? Maybe it's not. Maybe you're juggling something that's not necessarily important to you. Maybe it's time to to shift that out, whatever that looks like. I'm not sure. But what are you juggling um, and why are you juggling it? And how can you potentially juggle less and figure out how to navigate four balls before you know how to navigate six, right? How do you understand that that space? Um, And the last thing that I'll share as a practice is um, just taking stock of the three uh, traffic light energy levels in your life. So um, the traffic light being red, yellow, and green. So what area of your life is a red energy zone, right? What is draining your energy? What is constantly taking away your energy that is part of your day or your week? Um, taking stock of that, taking stock of the yellow, right? The yellow light is kind of like a, do I go, do I not go light, right? Or sometimes it's a speed through, there's a little resistance there, but it's not necessarily um, an energy drainer or an energy giver. It's very much this neutral space. What neutral things are in your space in each day, taking stock of that. And then the green, we see a green light, we go. They're effortless, they're seamless. They bring us peace. They allow us to continue to move through the fluidity of life. They, they give us energy, essentially. And just taking stock of all of those. And then when the taking stock of is complete, saying to yourself, okay, are these things in the red energy zone a necessity? Or can I stop having them be a part of my day? Can they be, let's say, first, first thought is, can they be removed? If they can't be removed, okay, got it. How can they be integrated in a way that doesn't drain my energy anymore? How do I move them possibly into a yellow? And oftentimes that is a perspective shift. Um, sometimes too, though, it is a, let's maybe even a boundary. Maybe it's a a red energy zone is a conversation with an extended family member that just seems to happen all the time um, or a step parent or whatever, right? If those are draining your energy, how can you set up a boundary? So that way it becomes maybe more of a yellow or a green. And I think just this slow acclimation of moving things more into the green is a beautiful practice of balance because you're understanding everything that's happening in your day and you allow it to be more of the green so you don't feel so overwhelmed. You don't feel so drained and you have more things that are feeding you rather than more things that are taking away. So to move into the next week's episode, uh, as always, this is CK with the PQ for you. And this PQ is very simple, but very common. What is your definition of success? Your personal, unique definition of success. What does it mean to you? How do you see it? How do you live it? How do you embody it? We'll talk about it next week. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community 
to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember, the K, it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.